Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and today Mark Singer, your retirement guide, joins me to share his experience and knowledge to take the mystery out of retirement planning. This is an important topic. Given everything that's been going on in our world for the past year or better, we've covered this a lot, and I'm happy to cover it again because each guest that comes on has a different set of expertise that they offer. And this one looks like a lot of fun. So Mark is the president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning, and he has served as a relentless retirement guide to thousands of individuals since 1986. The secret to his longevity has been asking the questions other advisors simply don't ask, and it allows him to make the best decisions for each client's unique situation and ensure retirement success. Mark is a former radio talk show host. He's an author and has become the go-to financial educator in the media. His most recent book, Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Key Steps, unveils a step-by-step process that he uses to help maximize the retirement journey. He has also been featured in the Wall Street Journal, ABC News, Fox News, and Bloomberg Radio, as well as locally in Boston on NECN and WRKO. Excuse me. Now, Mark is here to share how the pandemic, and we're going to be talking about that, became a glimpse into retirement and why that was not necessarily good news. And this is what I find really interesting. I'm going to ask him about this. He says his interest, his industry has done us wrong. And we're going to go deep because I really want to know what he means by that. Also, 96% of people take Social Security at the wrong time and what you need to know. And running out of your dollars, your money is a big, big fear for retirees. And he says that there's another that's just important that you may not know about. Mark, welcome to your partner in Success Radio. It's good to have you here. Denise, thanks for having me aboard. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for sending me a copy of your book. It's on my desk as we speak. I know your your team sent me the PDF, which I ran through. And now I've got the book, which you um, autographed to me. So thank you very much. My pleasure. You know, it's funny. This is my fourth book. And I think it was eight years ago I I penned the first one. And after I completed it, I said, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> well, <laughs> I lied. Um, but I've had so much fun with it. I, I just, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I literally wrote this book, the fourth one, Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement. I wrote it, believe it or not, in two weeks. And... What I say in the foreword is, you know, it took me 32 years to figure out how to write this book because um, that's how long I've been in the industry. Um, so the writing I love, the educating I love, you know, the informing, making people aware of I love. You know, as you know, it's the devil's in the details with the publishing the books, and that that's what drives me nuts. That's why I wouldn't do it again. I say again. <laughs> You will, I bet. I bet you got another one in you, at least one more. It's, so, it's somewhere deep down there. I'm hoping to keep it deep down there. 
Oh, I keep trying to write a book, and I've actually written a couple of them, but like you say, it's the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yep. And, you know, yep. I've got businesses to run. I've got things to do. <laughs> I don't have time yep. for this. That's my big excuse. I don't have time for this. I have to make well, time. Well, now, now I have published. people, right? There you now go. Now I have people, so I, I give it to my people. <laughs> That's where I'm making my mistake. I don't have people. I do. Yep. But for my other businesses, not for writing a book. So I've got to right, pull my right. head out and do something about it. So anyway, <laughs> let's talk. And thank you for the book. I really, listen, I'll share this with the audience. I have a big bookcase in my office. And it is stacked full to overflowing. In fact, I've had to start stacking on the floor now. I've got so many books and every single book in that bookcase, on that bookcase, near that bookcase, are from people like you. You have been my guest on your partner in Success Radio. So you're in really good company. I should take a picture of it because you'll recognize a lot of these names. But you will wind up on that, well, my new bookcase, which has been ordered and it's coming. <laughs> so well, anyway, I appreciate that. I, I, it's so, it's, listen, it's so much fun. you know. But you know, the reality is, and you and I know this, you know, um, we can spend the hour, you know, informing, but if it's not compelling enough to, 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 to push people to some sort of action and it's just more information, um, you know, it's not as useful as, gee, let's really pique your, 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 your listeners, you know, interest, you know, really get them, you know, to understand why, you know, this is important or what it is that you need to do and really... You know, again, that, that call to action, you know, uh, uh, my whole goal, because I do a lot of speaking on this, how to reduce the stress that finances are bringing to your life. And it's at so many different levels. And the biggest thing is take action. You know, understand what it is you do, what is um, creating that form of stress that you may feel. It may be personal, it, it, it may be professional, it may be financial, um, you know, whatever it is, um, you, you need to uncover it, not bury your head in the sand, uh, take some action, and then move on. You know, I'm glad you said that because I was on a mind meeting a couple of days ago until 12.30 in the morning. It was that fascinating. But my big takeaway from it was just exactly what you just said. You identify it, and then you execute. You don't stand around and go, uh-uh, like I'm doing right. with my book. Right. <laughs> Sorry <Right>. about that. <laughs> I'm going to be having a talk with myself about that thing. But, you know, if you don't do something about it, what the heck? Why even worry about it? You're not going to do anything about it, so go do something else. Yep, and, and th you know that's why I think it's so important that we're talking now because retirement is one of those issues that you know many people do lose sleep over because they're not really certain. You know, will I have enough money? Do I? Am I investing properly? Will I be able to spend the money? today and not run out of it tomorrow you know so many different questions and to, to just say okay i'm retiring and not really do the necessary work or the planning around it for many that may cause stress in and of itself oh it would have to and let's go back to what i mentioned at the top of, of the um, the introduction how the pandemic became a glimpse into retirement. Listen, a year or a little bit better ago, 
I made up my mind in my podcast right after we were told it was a three-week process or two, whatever it was, they lied to us. But whatever it was, you know, I thought there's no reason in, you know, bringing this up on my podcast. No big deal. So I was very resolute in not talking about the pandemic until I had to. And here we are, a year down the road, longer, and we're still talking about pandemic and COVID and all the different things that have gone into our lives. And it's frightening. So retirement, I would think, and I'm just guessing, you can correct me or educate. Don't correct me. I don't like that. Educate me. I don't like to be told what to do. Yes. But the thing is, we we now need to say, okay, we're kind of stuck with this. The government is going to do whatever the heck they want to do. So we need to get back to our real lives. And retirement, for many people who have probably wasted a year going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, now they have to really look at it, don't they? Well, it's very interesting because it was last summer that it sort of came to me that the pandemic retirement might look like and for many that was very scary and what i mean by that is we were stuck at home and for most people if they were still working they couldn't get to work couldn't go to work couldn't see their colleagues um you know the the zoom meetings and all of that stuff you know still allowed us to do some contribution you know work at some level maybe still be productive but we're stuck at home. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't see our friends. And as importantly, for many of us who have, you know, a spouse, partner, whatever, we're home 24-7 with them. And that may or may not have worked out really well, right? It was something brand new because, you know, for most of us, we get out of the house, you know, and I don't know that we're necessarily designed to be 24-7. But that was a glimpse into what retirement could look like. And the interesting part of that was the reactions came back really in two different camps. First, um, there were those who really appreciated now the fact um, that they were social beings and they needed to go to the office not just to go to the office to, to, to pay in and be a part of a community, but also to get out of the house. Um, and for some of those folks, their re- retirement date may have been delayed or deferred because oh. they didn't like what it looked like when they couldn't go anywhere. And, you know, that, that was their retirement. For some, however, and I just spoke with a friend of mine just yesterday about this, you know, he was one of what I call the road warriors. He worked for a major organization traveling the world and in their sales division. And every time I talked to him, he was going to India and China and, 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 and uh, London and all over the place. And it was like, oh, my goodness. He was spending like 120 days a year, you know, uh, on the road in the air. And when I spoke to him um, just the other day, he said he had retired. And I said, well, what prompted that? 
he said, well, I realized during the pandemic what I was doing, the, the rationalization I was making to myself that it was okay to spend 120, 30, 40 days in the air and be away from my family all that time. He said, therefore, you know, what I realized was, you know, he was, I think he was 59 or 60. He had maxed out his pension. He, fortunately, he was one of the last in that his organization to still have a pension. And he realized that his quality of life was going to be a lot better if he just stayed home and retired a little early. So that glimpse retirement, depending upon who you are, what your circumstances, what your needs are, what you're going to do, um, this pandemic may have opened your eyes in terms of what this next chapter of life might look like. And, you know, I never thought of that because I'm a card-carrying introvert. I try not to be around real-life people if I can avoid it. They wear me out. I love people. I love my podcast, but I'm only good around real-life people for 59 and three-quarter minutes. I have timed it. Uh So I never even thought of these things. But you know what I was thinking while you were talking? When our grandparents were retiring, it was kind of a joke around my family, but, you know, grandpa's going to retire, whether he was a farmer or whatever he was. But instinctively, we knew that because he worked so hard, he was always out and about, he, whoever he was. Then he was told to go home, sit down in a rocking chair, and look at his gold watch that whoever gave him. And we all kind of noticed at some level that our grandparents would die young, fairly young, because they were just bored, stupid. Well, and and that leads into the two biggest fears in retirement. And I think we, we all know and have heard the first one, and this is where I think at some level you mentioned, you know, and I do believe this, our industry has done you wrong. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. on the wrong thing. So we'll sort of, you know, sprinkle that in here and there, and, and I'll start with this. Number one, you know, the industry says, you know, and it's true, you know, the, the number one financial fear for most people, as they enter into retirement, and it doesn't matter how much in the way of assets you have, is that you think you're going to run out of money, the fear of running out of money. And, and the way we put it is, you know, and, and here's the deal. I, I call it the kitchen cabinet call, all right? Many years ago, a client called me up, Barbara, and she said, can I do the kitchen cabinets? And if, if you know me well enough, I don't do kitchen cabinets okay i have people right <laughs> so so what, what she was really asking was and there were several questions in and amongst that one question first of all if i go about and spend the twenty thousand dollars that i want to do on revamping the kitchen how will it or will it impact my ability to pursue future goals okay so i'm a big proponent of planning, not just investing, which is another area, and we'll get to that in terms of where I think the industry has done you wrong. But if you go into retirement and you don't do planning, you may not take the mystery out, and you may always be wondering whether or not you're on track and whether or not you'll be running out of money. So Barbara and I, we had done the the planning. We had done the retirement roadmap. We went into the roadmap. We put in a figure of $20,000 of an expense for the kitchen cabinet. And when we realized that there was no impact to her 
at her level for the goals that she had, we said, okay, you're good to spend the money. Now the question became, where do you get it from? In the most tax efficient way possible. And she had some retirement accounts. She had some personal accounts. And we identified exactly where it would come from. But they're really the, the biggest question, you know, if I go on vacation, if I want to do the roof, if I want to buy that other car, if I want to take the grandkids to Disney, you know, if I want to go do and have fun, will I have to at some level sort of kind of hold back a little bit? Or can I really go first class and knowing that I'm okay? And, I, and, and the, let, let me just share with you something very interesting, a study that I saw recently. And um, this was a study done by one of the larger financial institutions. And first they asked an audience that had $500,000 of investable assets whether or not they thought they had enough money for retirement. And the prevailing answer was no. And the follow-up question was, what amount of assets do you believe you need so that you'll feel comfortable that you'll be able to not run out of money? And the answer landed somewhere around a million dollars. The next audience, they, they asked those who had a million dollars, same two questions. Do you think you'll run out of money? Prevailing answer was, yes, we do believe we're going to run out of money. Well, if that's the case, how much do you think you need so that you don't feel like you'll run out of money? And their answer, believe it or not, was $2.4 million. And then they asked the third group who had $2 million, the same two questions, and you know the answer. No, they, did, they didn't feel comfortable. They thought they might run out of money. And their answer in terms of how much they thought they needed was $5 million. So no matter how much you have, if you have $500,000 and you see somebody else who has $2 million, you think they're all set because that's your perspective. But unfortunately, regardless of what the perspective is and how much in terms of assets you have, if you don't do the planning to understand whether or not you're on track for what I would call a successful retirement, which is the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it, then you're always going to be wondering and worrying and causing stress and sleepless nights as to whether or not you can go about and do the things you wish to do. So that's the number one fear that we put out there in terms of an industry. The thing that is not talked about, and it's what we focus on with our clients. Like, you, as you say, I love people for 59 minutes and 30, 35 seconds, okay? And that's the length of our typical, you know, semi-annual meeting. We meet, we meet formally twice a year, <clears throat> more by phone and Zoom now than anything else. But we talk for about five minutes on money management, which seems odd because our industry has focused everything on how is your performance done today, right? But the reality is the bigger fear for my clients who have done the planning and are now recognize that they either are or are not on track because they've done the planning and now they're doing what they need to do, the biggest fear for them is what do I do? the rest of my life. 
And you mentioned it with Grandpa sitting in the rocking chair with the gold watch and just sitting there just sort of, you know, not wasting away, but, you know, not doing a whole heck of a lot, right? But now we're living longer. We're living healthier. We have much more to do. And the real fear that I talk to business owners, people who've worked for organizations for 30, 40 years, their lives were full of things they didn't even know they were doing at the time. They were fulfilled because they were going to work. They were with a community. There was a reason to get up in the morning and get dressed and have breakfast and go. You, you were a respected member of this this group, you had colleagues, you were talking around the water bubbler about, you know, things that were important, political, sports, personal, whatever, and then you would go home and many considered that really their second home, their reason for being and for some, their identity. Pull that out from under them. Enter into retirement. How are you filling that time And how are you fulfilling yourself for the rest of your life? And I would think, just because I'm a people watcher, that when you have led that kind of a life where, you know, you've got two different, very distinct arenas where you're you're all in, you're up, you're running, you're you're it. And then all of a sudden, whether it's a pandemic and your your business failed or the company that you were working for just either really downsized or they're going the heck away. There's an awful lot going going on right now. So we've got those fears. And then we don't really know, I don't think, what's going on with real estate, the, the cupboards. My first thought was, well, is that going to improve her her home price when she goes to sell it? Or is that just something that she wants for a vanity thing? So, you know, your brain just starts going, oh, boy, you know, where is this money coming from? What am I going to do? It, there's a lot going on that we don't know about. We just don't know. And it's frightening. So, Oh, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, so the question that we pose, and I think the question that, you, you know, your listeners may have is, are they prepared? Are they ready? You know, particularly for those who are looking to sort of push up retirement after seeing what it looks like, it says, hey, this, this looks pretty good. I, I don't want to go back to work again. I, I, I want to enter into retirement. But that may force them to ask a whole bunch of questions. And, uh, you know, w- what we did, you know, as a part of writing the book was create a, um, a quiz. And it's a very simple two-minute, 15-question quiz that after you fill out the quiz, we will actually score it for your audience so that they'll know which three stages of retirement preparedness there are in, whether they're all set and just rock and roll, or for many, still a little bit of work to do and still needing to get a little bit more informed and educated about it. But we've gotten some great feedback from the quiz, so I wanted to share that with your listeners. They could go to, if they want to, www retirenowquiz.com. That's retirenowquiz.com. It's a two-minute quiz. I'll actually send them a free chapter of the book for filling it out in addition to scoring the quiz for them. And also within that, um, for the free chapter, are two worksheets 
that will help them to be more informed and get more clarity about whether or not they're prepared for retirement. You know, as we said, Denise, early on, information is one thing, but we need to compel people to actually get a handle on, you know, this next chapter of life. And this is how, you know, I've been able to create most recently some sort of, if you will, call to action. You know, if we're concerned, if there's a mystery, just spend two minutes, fill it out, and now you'll have some sort of roadmap to understand where you are in terms of your own preparedness. Because this pandemic may or may not be going away. It, it's going to be in different forms, you know, formats. Are we going back to the roaring 20s? <laughs> you know, everybody wants to go out and do and play. And, um, you know, we're, the interesting part about this pandemic is our savings have increased. For most of my clients, they haven't been able to go anywhere, so they haven't spent any money. There's a lot of cash on the sidelines ready to go and, you know, and party. So you really need to get your head around this and do the planning. So don't head to the beach and spend all your cash. Do some planning. I Listen, my moniker for 30 years now is enjoy the journey. Okay, actually my very first URL was enjoy the journey. Um, I believe in it. But if we at some level inside can't figure out or have some hesitancy about whether or not we have the green light to spend the money, then that impacts the quality of your retirement. You know, one of the things we do, and you mentioned it uh, very briefly, was that 96% number you, you threw out there for Social Security. You know, do you know that there's 567 different claiming strategies for Social Security? I mean, most no. people don't know this, right? I had yeah, no 567. And this is important because depending upon what level, where you are in terms of your finances, this could be a substantial amount of income that's coming in. And the, the, the Social Security Administration says that upwards of almost 35 to 40 percent of people get, take Social Security as early as they can at age 62. And Social Security recognizes that that's the wrong way for most people to take it. The United Income Study, which was authored in 2019, which is where you picked up that 96% number, indicated that 96% of people take their Social Security at the wrong time. And basically what they showed was that when you reach your 70s and 80s, if you had done it right, potentially increased your income during those years in your 70s and 80s by 25%. That's substantial. But if you don't recognize, you know, the impact of taking it at the wrong time and you don't do the planning to coordinate the Social Security with your income needs, some people may be working beyond retirement and getting an income. Some people, you know, may have money coming out of their required minimum distribution, which, you know, now is age 72, that they need to complement with their Social Security. Some may or may not be getting a pension. Some may have health issues that will absolutely impact the processing in terms of which of these social security strategies you should take. I'll just go to one particular um, situation um, that was really important, particularly if you have a spouse and you've been married for more than 10 years. Depending upon 
your spouse's work record and whether or not he or she will earn or get more or less than you will for your Social Security income, you, if you take your income at 62 and then pass away at some point, your spouse will get his or her benefit based on when you initially claimed your Social Security benefit. So if you claimed it at 62, right off the bat, you said, hey, listen, I want it now. I'm going to get more checks as a result. You know, I don't care that I'm going to take a haircut because my full retirement age may be 66 or 67. But if you take it early, they penalize you. So you may only get 30, 40, 50 percent of your die and your spouse was relying upon that survivorship benefit, he or she will get a lot less money if, if you had waited to at least full retirement age or till age 70. Now, one of the things that you know, we find is if you take it at 62 versus waiting till age 70, the difference in the benefit is 75%. In other words, you would get a check that is 75% greater every single month if you wait to age 70 versus starting at 62. Now, that's not to say everyone should be waiting to 70. That's not true. The study showed that 43% of people are probably better off uh, taking their, their strategy before age 70. But it all begs the question of planning because you can't rely on what Social Security tells you. They don't do planning for you. They can't do the advanced strategies. They can just basically tell you what's available. They don't take a, a, you know, an x-ray look at to everything else that you do and which strategy would be best for you. Another uh, you know, example of, and it was in the United Income Strategy uh, a study, was widows. Widows are a group that typically end up leaving more money on the table than any other group. And the reason is that for some reason, widows still have to fill out paperwork when the Social Security offices were still around. And they will still, they'll open up again. But the widows had to actually go down to the Social Security office versus doing it online, which is what most of the rest of us can do. And the Social Security office would oftentimes tell them the wrong information in terms of what is best for them, and that study had been, had been uh, yep, yep. That study uh. has been shown over, over and over again. So it's really important to do the planning. And one, one particular thing I want your audience to do. Here's a call to action for your audience. Okay, I don't care if you if if you have or haven't done Social Security. If you're if you haven't taken Social Security, this is your call to action. Okay, you need to go on um, uh, Social Security and sign up for it. You need to go on my account. You need to do this because with all of the um, cyber hacking of social security numbers, if you go on and just sign on for my account, you claim your own social security number, which seems odd, right? Why should I have to claim my own social security number? Well, the reason is it's being stolen at times in various yeah. different ways. And if you go on and claim your My account, you will put a stake in the ground that this is my Social Security number. Also, 
you'll get access to all the information in terms of what your future benefit is. Because if you're not over 60 and you haven't claimed your Social Security benefit, those are the only people who are getting the paper statements anymore if you're over 60 and not claimed yet. If you're under 60, you're not getting your paper statements, so you don't have a sense of what's going on and you have to go online. So my account will help you to do that. It will uh, minimize dramatically the ability for somebody else to hack your number. And you will also see if anybody else is right now claiming on your number, which is really important. So the call to action for your people right now is go on you know, socialsecurity.gov, uh, my account, and um, sign up. Very simple. So you're not trying to sign up for Social Security. You're just nope. making sure nope. that nope. your Social Security is attached to you. That is correct. I had no idea. You're supposed to do that. Yep, yep. Okay, so here's the thing. And again, that's one of those things, that's one of those things, Denise. You know, again, the industry's done us wrong. They have not provided people with one of the most important uh, streams of income that a retiree is relying on, Social Security. You could be, you could lose out on anywhere between $200,000 and $250,000 over a household's income over your lifetime by making the wrong decision. Why are we not focusing on this? Why aren't we not spending more time on this? I'll tell you another story. I don't mean to harp on the Social Security, but no, keep again, going. In, in, the industry's done us wrong. There was a, a conversation I had with a friend of mine. He was, um, well, he is. Well, not, he was. He's still alive. He just retired. Um, a, a doctor out of the West Coast. Very well informed, very well educated. He's about five years into retirement now. And I was having a conversation with him. And he, you know, talking just in general about Social Security, asked a few questions, although, you know, he retired five years ago. And one of the comments I made was about the ability for the spouse to potentially get an income from his work record, his wife. And he looked at me and was like, huh, okay, and sort of let it go. He calls me a couple months later and says, you're not going to believe this. I, I just called Social Security. And what they told me was that you were right. My spouse for the past five years has been eligible for a significant monthly benefit as, my spousal, as her spousal income, 50% of his benefit, which was amounting to the, uh, close to about $1,500 per month every month for five years that they missed out on because his advisor, his financial advisor, was not schooled in and not educated properly in in informing his clients, this person being one of them. So he went to Social Security, refiled, was able to get, I think he could get six months worth of um, back pay for his um, spouse, but missed out on basically four and a half years of income if the advisor had uh, told him properly. Just another example of our industry has done you wrong. We have focused on just investing, period. End of conversation. So let, let's get into that for just a moment. There's, there's two phases of financial planning, okay? The, the first phase is the working years, what we call the accumulation stage, where your goal is to accumulate the biggest nest egg you can, take on really a significant amount of risk, hopefully, in your portfolio so that your money can grow to an extent that when you go to retire, you'll be able to get 
the necessary income from that nest egg. And we all understand that because all the advertisements, you know, all, 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 the, all the things we see is, you know, what did the market do? You know, did your, did your portfolio do as well as the market? But we don't, we have not told people that that paradigm shifts completely when you go to retire. And unfortunately, people don't know this, and therefore they never know whether or not they're taking the correct amount of risk with their money. So the question is, is it better off to take more risk or less risk? Should, it, should you be okay to continue to, to have 60, 70, 80% in the market? Or when you go to retire, do you retire your money management as well and put it all under the mattress? The answer is, it all depends. Because now, the goal is not to outperform or at least perform to the benchmark of the markets, the Dow, the S&P, etc. Now, you have to do different planning. And the planning now starts not with investing, but with income. And the first question you have to ask and the first exercise you have to go through is, what is the income that I'm going to need in retirement? How much is that? How much is going to be coming in? What is my shortfall? How much am I going to have to generate from the portfolio? Once you get that answer, then you can develop what we call for our clients the personalized investment benchmark. And in essence, that answers the question, how much risk does the portfolio need to take in order to generate the income you need in retirement? And for the most part, that's less risk than you needed to take during your accumulation years. I can tell you in all sincerity, the, 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 the um, personalized investment benchmarks marks for both, most, most of my clients you know, is somewhere between 3 and 6%. They have enough money. They, they're probably not going to run out of it invested properly. You no longer have to be concerned about what the market did and whether or not, and again, getting back to typical financial advisors and brokers, they're always telling you or gauging the success or failure of your money based on how you did against the market. Oh. No longer. It's how you do against your own personalized investment benchmark and the only way you get to that is to do the planning it may be okay to put all your money under the mattress but do you know it may be okay to take on more risk than you than you should but do you know and reducing that stress and giving yourself the green light to go ahead and spend the money a lot of that comes back to confidence in the planning for those who are just not doing the planning, or they're relying upon the market to provide them with the confidence to move forward. What happened to their confidence last March when the market, when the market went, uh-oh, we're going yep. into depression, and you lost 40% of your portfolio? How confident were you? By the way, a trillion dollars of money came out of the market last year. Part of it was in, in anticipation of what may or may not happen with the election. That always happens. But a lot of it had to deal with the fact that, oh, my goodness, we're cratering. i got to get out. 
And that money did not get back into the market when the market started to go straight back up just a few weeks later. Your confidence is not driven by the market going up or down because that would change every day. That would drive you nuts. The confidence is driven by doing the planning. And the planning will dictate what kind of risk you should take. And once you've done that and put your portfolio in play and got an all-weather portfolio for you and make the necessary adjustments along the way, that's how you generate confidence moving forward, not outperforming the market. See, I had no idea. And you know what else I had no clue about? That you could go back and refile with Medicare, not Medicare, uh, Social, Social Security. Security. Yes. I didn't know. So it's, so it's very interesting. So, so here's the deal. You can refile several times. You can make different strategies and claim at different times, depending on your circumstance. It may be that you want a spousal income at some point for your spouse, and then he or she can refile on their own at some later point in time. You could, you, you could be married, then divorced, then married, then widowed. You could have four different claiming strategies. So you're not stuck, and most people are not aware of that. As a matter of fact, you know, if anybody wants to, you know, we've got a YouTube channel out there. We just cracked the 100 video um, uh, videos on YouTube just the other day. Uh, we've got a number of different Social Security um, uh, videos on there. That they can go to your retirement authority on YouTube. That's your retirement authority and see all of the, the, the numbers of Social Security videos we have up there that will help to inform your, your listeners. I had no idea. I mean, I, I guess I've just always assumed that once you do something with, with uh, Social Security, you're kind of caught in their bureaucratic labyrinth and you can't get out of it. You can't do anything different. Well, again, our industry has done you wrong, Denise. And most financial advisors are not informed or educated about this. I made a conscious effort going back somewhere around five or six years ago to spend an enormous amount of time on this, went to several conferences. We now have seven calculators to help our clients understand which, which of the strategies is best for them so that they are not going to run out of money. But if you don't know you have these resources available to you, you live in the dark. No kidding. So, I mean, we talked, and thank you for that, and everybody go find those those YouTubes. Listen, we, we're talking about projecting down the road, which is very difficult for a lot of people to do because there are so many things that we have to look at, and you've been explaining a lot of those, but there's inflation, there's property values. You know, do I stay or do I go? Once you reach a certain point in your life, do you keep the bigger house? Do you downsize? Do you go live on a cruise ship, which I've heard some people touting is as yes, retirement? Yes, I've heard that. Yep, yep. Sounds interesting, but I don't like people well enough to be stuck on a boat with them, so that would never, ever work for me. But, you know, there are so many things that we, as a result of the pandemic, maybe we were aware of them a little bit, but now we're just going, holy crap. Yeah, there's yep. all these different things that we never thought of. Look, every time, and I don't go to the grocery store much. I have it delivered, which I love. But every time, I'll look at what I bought the last time because, you know, they keep track of what you've purchased before. 
and without fail from week to week, and I am not exaggerating from week to week, the prices are going up. Yep. So, you know, we've yep. got a lot to be concerned about in terms you know, of listen, how listen, do we manage our money. No doubt about it. And, and your, your listeners can't, you know, they, they don't need me. They, they could go on to any of these financial institutions' websites and input their information into their calculators, right? Um, they can make um, the necessary assumptions and put it into the calculator, and that calculator will tell them. It'll show them whether or not they're in a position to retire. But the problem with that is, you know, they're, they're, and there are some who can do that, some who are very good at that. I have some friends who, you know, they don't need financial advisors. They, they, they can do this on their own. Um, but most cannot. So what number do you use for inflation? Do you realize that these calculators basically are putting together models that look out 30 years, right? If I'm 60 oh. years old, you know, I, you know, let's say I want to live to 90. So the calculator is taking a 30-year look at compounding whatever assumptions you put into their calculator. Why is that important to know? Well, historically, and we'll just focus on inflation, historically, you know, many of these calculators are putting in about 4% inflation right now, uh, 4%, because that's the historical number, okay? Some of them have brought it down to about 3.5%, but do you understand the difference between, let's say, putting in a number of 3.5% versus 4%? compounded over 30 years and do you understand that if you put in let's say you know you you, you want you know a seven percent return on your investments versus a six percent return do you understand how big a difference that will grow over that model over the 30 years because the first of all you have to have the assumptions right and then to understand the impact of compounding that over 30 years, those numbers that people see more often than not have very little to do with what the reality will be. And it's important to understand that and to be able to have somebody who can guide you. It doesn't have to be me. It can be a, you know, a good certified financial planner. But to be able to put in the right assumptions, to be able to make adjustments to those assumptions because planning is great but if you don't go back and revisit those assumptions every six to twelve months the planning's useless it, it, it isn't worth anything anymore your life will change inflation changes investments change your desires change your goals change so just like if you're running a business if you're about to set something off and you know go out and do your Kickstarter, you know, and make some money, or you're an entrepreneur and you're just opening a shop and putting your shingle out and you do the planning necessary, guess what? In six months, you've got to change those numbers, up or down. In 12 months, you may have to put in more or additional distribution channels. Things are going to change, and you have to approach this next chapter of life, retirement, in exactly the same way and develop your own business plan, just like you may have done while you were working, sales projections, business planning, whatever it is, you must approach retirement in the same way in order to be able to get the most fulfilling retirement you can. And it's not always about the numbers. One of my favorite stories 
is a client of mine who's been with me for almost 30 years. Um, uh, he, he originally worked for, you know, one of the major organizations. We helped him retire, picked the right pension. He's now retired probably 25 years. And he told me, I think it was last year, you know, because I asked my clients, you know, what, what, what has been the benefit of planning to them? Um, he told me that a couple of years ago, he was going to do a surprise trip for his wife for whatever the milestone birthday was to South Africa. It was a big trip. They were going to spend something like thirty-five dollars or $40,000. And what he told me was it was the planning and the process of doing this planning, just he and I. We couldn't have her involved because it was a surprise trip. But we, he recognized that by putting in the expenditure that he was comfortable with the fact that he could spend the money for that trip and not impact any of his future endeavors. And it gave him the freedom, the green light, to go about and fully enjoy this trip with his wife. It wasn't about whether or not, planning is not about whether or not you're good or bad with the investments. That's just one component. The real payoff is whether or not you can truly enjoy the rest of the journey. And again, if you're, just if you're just relying on the markets, that joy <laughs> changes over and over again. I, I saw an article a little while ago about a woman who was going to take a vacation. Obviously, the article was before the pandemic, right? And, you know, now that, you know, they're going to let us out again. That's nice. But this, was, this article was before the pandemic hit. And th her comment was, that she could no longer, at that time, move forward with going on vacation because her 401k account had lost some value. Are you kidding me? This, again, is what we have done you wrong. We have told you it is all about what the markets have done today, this hour, next week, next month, this year. Stop. It's not about that. It's long-term planning. But, but that isn't sexy, Denise. It's not sexy to say, go out and plan. It's not sexy to say, you know, the, 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 the proof is in the pudding over the next 5, 10, 15, 25 years. That doesn't sell headlines. The sexy is go on, you know, Bloomberg Radio or TV or go on the headline, oh, this stock was up 32% today, or, oh, look at this opportunity because the market's down today. That's really, that sells advertisement. That's, that, that's sexy. It's and scary. It's not, right? I, listen, but I don't you, pay you can, attention to it at all because I don't trust any of it. I never have. Right, right, right. And you can, you can improve your trust level by getting back to the getting informed that again i get back to you know the other call to action which was the quiz you know if your folks want to go on retirenowquiz.com we'll, we'll we'll give them the, the the three stages of retirement that they're in right now not even talking about investments not not even going there because it's so much more than that and if you do or don't trust the market, if you do or don't trust the government, I don't care. But you still have to do the planning, and you have to make reasonable assumptions now, looking forward, and then go about and continue to 
touch base again with your assumptions, with your planner, to make sure you're still on track so that you are confident that you're headed in the right direction. And see, I think that's great advice that, you know, you have to touch base periodically, quarterly, semi-annually, whatever it's going to be, but you can't just go, oh, well, I already did that and we're good to go. You're not good to go. I mean, obviously you're not. I'll give you a perfect example, and I'll get to the investing head on. So what we're doing with our clients is, and it's an interesting conversation, um, we've done really well because we stayed the course. We We divorced the headlines from the money management, okay? We took the panic out, and we made sure our clients stayed the course through last year's ups and downs, made some minor adjustments, and we've really done very well. You know, there's certainly no guarantees in terms of what can happen in the future, but we've really, you know, we've benefited. But the conversation now is a result of all the lessons I've learned over the 32 years of being in this business. And the lessons I've learned is, most importantly in the investing business, don't just, just let it fly and ride. You can't do that. So the conversations we have with our clients start out with, here's the good news and here's the bad news. Good news, market has done really well for us over the past couple of years. Portfolios have increased very nicely. That's the good news. The bad news, markets have done very well over the past couple of years. Our portfolios are up, and they say to me, how can that be bad news? I said, because if you don't do anything right now to make the adjustments to take some of the risk down, when the market comes back down again, you're going to be overweighted and you're going to get crushed. We saw this in 1997, 98, 99, what was was called the the big tech bubble bursting. Everybody was high growth mutual funds. They did great for three, four, five years. Nobody readjusted. So if they were looking at being, you know, invested, you know, 50 or 60% in the markets because they did so well, they were now 80, 90% in the markets and they just thought it would go on forever. And then 2000, 2001, 2002, we had three consecutive negative years. They got hammered. We have to take a look at the portfolios, particularly now, a call to action for your listeners right now. Go back with your advisor or go back with whoever it is you work with or if you do it on your own and take a look at what your allocations are now versus what they were a couple of years ago to see if you need to start making some adjustments. Because you may have, I do believe this market's going to do very well over the next couple of years, certainly no guarantees for a lot of reasons. But if you have too much risk because the market did too well for you over the last couple of years, you may be in a position that when this turns, you could get crushed at just the wrong time in your life. So, and it always you know, turns, again, information is important, but let's give your listeners those calls, calls to action to make sure that they're doing something to take the stress down. This is amazing. I mean, I've been scribbling notes like crazy. I'm going to have to actually have this transcribed so I can make some take your calls to action and <laughs> get busy. But I know one of the big things that we've been talking about is running out of, you know, money. It's the big, big fear for retirees. What is the other, you had mentioned to me in our pre-conference, what is the other thing that is just as important that you probably don't know about? So, again, it gets back to if I can't go to the office and I I 
don't have a lot of hobbies and I'm staying home. I don't want to be Papa on the rocking chair with the gold watch. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And it is a huge part of defining what a successful retirement will be. I have these conversations over and over and over again with my clients and friends that the number one fear, if they think they're financially, they're okay, their number one fear is, oh, my goodness, what do I do when I wake up in the morning? My best friend out of uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, he retired officially retired uh, this year. He sold his practice three years ago and was sort of um, getting out of the business slowly over three years, and now that he's officially retired, he calls me almost every morning at 10 o'clock, and he goes, and this is a very successful guy, has more money than he's going to to need, um, has no kids, has no family, he has a wife, the two of them work out, and that's it. And he calls me at 10 o'clock in the morning, and he says... Well, I got up. I worked out this morning. It's ten o'clock. Uh, what am I going to do till eleven? Oh, well, you're at twelve, kidding. I go to lunch with the guys. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do after that. And he's really, really concerned, as he should be. He's bored. As to how he's going to fill the I time? Mean, he used to run a business. He used to oh my gosh. 70, 80 hours a week. So uh-huh. he shows his Corvette every once in a while and does really well and enjoys that, but. So many people, how many rounds of golf can you play? You know, how are you, this is a conversation you have to have before you retire with your spouse. How are you going to define your lives? How are you going to define your roles in that household? And what are you going to do and what is it going to look like so that we don't kill each other, right? So that <laughs> can we you do stay have, married? Right, right. So that we do have, a lot, you know, the gray divorce. It's a big deal. So oh, we have to have these term. conversations. Yeah, we have to have these conversations before retirement. So we understand where are we going to live, what are we going to do, how are we going to fill our lives, how are we going to enjoy each other together and separately. That is the other number one fear, again, that the industry does not address enough and we must do more of. See, that makes perfect sense. because, And I keep going back to the grandpa thing. I have seen people through my life just sit around and waste away because they're bored. They've got nothing to do. They never had a side hustle. They never were part of the gig economy. They just worked and worked and worked and loved it and went home and, you know, enjoyed that as well. And now their wife just wants them to get the hell away from them for the most part. It's it's bad. And I've seen it time and time again. Recently, one of my neighbors passed away. I think, honest to God, out of sheer boredom. You no, know, I, I understand. And, you know, it's during that time that oftentimes, if she had been home, if that was the case, she now goes and gets a part-time job to get out right. of the house and away from it. I, I love you, honey, for lunch, but not for every moment of the day. Exactly, and I remember that quote. Mark, it has been fantastic talking with you. And tell us one more time where people can find you, YouTube, the um, retirement quiz, and your website, and then I'll let you go. Sure. So the quiz, which I think is really important, is retirenowquiz.com. 
two-minute quiz. We'll get you a free chapter of the book and a couple of worksheets. Our, our, our YouTube channel is Your Retirement Authority. We have 100 videos now. And my website, which we just redid, Denise, it's great, got a bunch of short videos on it, is 55, believe it or not, the number 55retire, www.55retire.com. Thank you. Where can they find your book? I know it's on Amazon. Is it also on your It website? is on Amazon. Yep. Uh, don't outlive your money in retirement. Uh, we actually have it on our website as well. They can order it from there as well. Excellent. Mark, thank you so much for being here and sharing such really fantastic advice. I mean, there are several things you said. My eyebrows went up and said, oh, I didn't know that. It's good to know. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes and really anywhere else you consume your business podcasts. We're on Prime. We're on Audible. Uh, We're everywhere. So just look for your partner in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Mark, thank you again. Denise, thank you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.